is an audio platform created to educate, inform, and empower women to take charge of their physical and mental health. Join Shalana Battle and her occasional guests as they discuss many issues and health topics that concern women. While many health tips and advice will be discussed on this platform by licensed professionals, it should not take the place of seeking help from your own physician or therapist. If you feel that you need professional advice or medical assistance, do not hesitate to contact your provider. Now, let's get to the show. Hello there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Eavesdrop. I am your host, Dr. Shalana Battle. Today, I have invited Amanda Ray to the show. Amanda Ray is a registered nurse. She is a certified registered restorative wellness practitioner. She is a graduate member of the Nutritional Therapy Association, and she is what I would like to refer to as a PCOS expert. I have invited Amanda on the show to have a candid discussion about polycystic ovarian syndrome. Today, we talk about what PCOS is, the signs and symptoms that are usually associated with PCOS, nutrition and supplementation that is important for individuals who have PCOS, and how you can heal your symptoms naturally. There is so much information packed into this episode, and I cannot wait for you to be part of this conversation. And if you are a woman who has been diagnosed with PCOS, or if you are someone who may feel as though you have PCOS and have not received a proper diagnosis or management of your symptoms, and you want to know where to turn, what steps you need to take. Listen, this is an episode that was made just for you. So definitely go and get your notebook, your pens, your cup of tea, whatever beverage you want. Sit back and enjoy this power-packed show. Without further ado, here is the conversation. Hi, Amanda. Finally, we are here today to talk about PCOS. And yes, finally, we are doing this. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so today we have Amanda Ray. She is a nutritional therapy practitioner who has a special focus on helping women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. I thought that this was so important to talk about because so many women have PCOS and may not know which direction to go on how to manage and treat their symptoms. And then a lot of women are walking around with PCOS and may not know that they have it because it's also sometimes very tricky to identify, diagnose women with. And so they go a long time without being properly treated and, and managed. And so I'm just happy that you are here with us to create awareness about it. So welcome, Amanda. I'm happy that you are here. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> I'm just glad we are finally able to have this conversation. <laughs> We've been playing tag. Yes. Okay. Uh, so we don't give up. 
we are we don't give up <laughs> we are going to get this and so so that everyone kind of knows the backstory on all of this amanda and i originally planned to do this interview what was it back in <laughs> december november sometime <laughs> november december <laughs> And so because of both of our schedules, we have been, yes, life kept life in, but we were so persistent trying to get this word out. I'm so happy, you know, you stuck with it and I stuck with it as well. So I know this this is going to be one good interview. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's Delta women. We doing too much. Yes, doing way (laughs) too much. much. (laughs) So why don't we start out by you? introducing yourself to our listeners. Absolutely. So my background, I'm a registered nurse and I'm a certified functional nutritional therapy practitioner. And I also have certifications in functional lab testing with restorative wellness solutions. And I never intended to start a business coaching women with PCOS, like with most coaches or people who teach other people how to do things. I was searching to fix myself. After I had my daughter back in 2016, I just fell into a terrible depression. And it was like past the point where they usually say you kind of get past postpartum depression. It was something I had never experienced before. I couldn't find and I'm a I'm, I'm very peppy, optimistic. I've always been kind of the glasses half full type person. And I just could not find joy. I was gaining weight, which, you know, I thought was part of just life, but this was beyond anything I had ever experienced in terms of relation to my diet. I found myself snapping at my children. I couldn't muster up the strength to get up and get out of bed to go to work. And I talked to my physician about it, got my thyroid levels checked. They were okay. My thyroid was a little sluggish, but of course they wanted to put me on antidepressants. And I have never been a pill person. I do think medication is very beneficial for people who who absolutely need it. I'm not bashing medication, but I just knew side of the side effects that come along with antidepressants, especially. So I was determined to try to figure out a way to handle this myself, which in hindsight, you really should reach out for professional help to assist you with it. Don't white knuckle your therapy <laughs> like I did, but I went back to school for nutrition because I really wanted to do it holistically. And we don't learn a lot about nutrition in nursing school. We get like one module on nutrition in nursing school. And I just learned so much about how blood sugar and our gut health really affects our mood. And I was working on handouts for diabetic coaching I did at work. And I was in a Facebook group for like, design and I posted a handout I made and somebody resonated with it they're like hey do you do like nutrition coaching and I was like not really but I don't mind talking to you about it and that's how I got my first quote-unquote client wonderful woman who I'm still friends with today and she was like I have other people who need help with this and my first niche, I guess I should say was helping people who had low mood anxiety and depression and I started noticing something we all had in common like every woman that came to me had PCOS like I did and just like me they had not ever put together that blood sugar affects PCOS it's it's pretty much what it is you know it's a metabolic disease so 
I made the decision to restructure my business brand. I really enjoyed working with women and I wanted to just focus on women with PCOS who had no idea that getting their blood sugar in check and managing their stress levels were the reason they weren't ovulating or the reason they were having so much trouble gaining weight. And that there's so many different avenues that affect this syndrome because it's not a disease, it's a syndrome where a lot of different metabolic functions are out of balance and we don't need to spot treat each symptom, usually fixing that foundation, which is for nine out of 10 of us with PCOS is insulin resistance. That's the most common driver of PCOS and how many things affect our insulin sensitivity. So now I solely coach women who have polycystic ovarian syndrome and our main focus is decreasing insulin resistance. Yeah. And that's just kind of how we got here. <laughs> okay. That is amazing. So your, your passion or your reason behind helping women with PCOS was derived from your own personal story with it. Mm -hmm. I, I want to ask you when you were going through your symptoms and your, your journey, did you find it easy to talk to your providers and were they proactive with trying to find out what was wrong? So <laughs> That, that definitely was a journey. I had to change physicians a couple of times. And now I am with a wonderful, I'm very biased towards nurse practitioners. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. all I see is nurse <laughs> practitioners, but my nurse practitioner is great. But in the beginning, I could tell there was resistance to doing more. And I, now that I understand more about why physicians are under the restraints they are you know they may not get reimbursement if they don't have a legitimate reason for doing a deeper dive but I'm versed in the in the lab work you know I'm not a lay person when it comes to the lab work and I'm starting to see like my A1C creep up and I had to like kind of pull out my entire family history with one physician I'm like hey like everybody in my family has raging diabetes. You know, my mom has this, my dad has this. I said, I think it's, I think it is relevant for me to get more deeper lab work done. And he was like, well, he just wanted to give me Lexapro. And I was like, okay, I don't want to get on Lexapro. Then I had another physician who told me to just have another baby. <laughs> and I was Really? I'm telling you, I was, saying something is completely off with me <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm sad and I'm feeling like taking my life like it got to a bad point mm -hmm. and you're and yeah he was just like well you know you can't be sad everybody loves a new baby maybe you just need a distraction and after I was like okay <laughs> mm -hmm. I wanted somebody who understood the female body more because they had one so I went looking for a female physician and I I want I really wanted a person of color because I feel a lot of times that our symptoms are dismissed you know mm -hmm. our symptoms aren't taken as seriously mm -hmm. as maybe you know other races are and I I that was just important to me and I found that and she just she listens and even if she doesn't agree with an approach I may want to take she explains it to me like okay well let's start with this because 
if we go down this rabbit hole, we may miss something because we haven't taken this step. And I'm like, you're absolutely mm. right. I may be jumping to conclusions, but just, just know, just let me know that you are listening, are listening. and you hear what I'm telling you. Mm. Yeah. The listening part. And I just feel nurses are so great at that. That's why I love nurse practitioners. Yep. <laughs> they just, you know, we have that interview style and I just mm. feel so comfortable. And I don't want to say there aren't physicians out there like that. There definitely are. And I like that more integrative therapies are being introduced into medicine um, because I've, I've seen a huge change. But I don't want people to be discouraged when they have an encounter with somebody that they just don't gel with. We're not, you know, we have just as many different personalities of healthcare professional as there are people. And you just may be, need to find somebody who you mesh well with. And right. th that's what I had to do. It took about three times. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes we're just, and, and you and I, we know how the sausage is made it's so daunting for somebody who has no idea like what this lingo is what this jargon is and they're just accepting everything they're being told and I was like I don't know how people can advocate for themselves when they have no idea yeah what they're hearing so and I found I found it hard to stand up for myself so I can only imagine for people who don't know what they're looking at I call it the matrix like when you're looking at a lab result sheet <laughs> Like mm -hmm. all these numbers. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it took some time. It took some time and you don't have to be afraid to tell somebody you're working with, you know, thank you for taking me this far. I think it may be time for me to move on. You don't have to feel awkward about mm -hmm. it. it. That's fine. That's fine. And if that professional is indeed a professional, they understand. They will understand. Um, but they'll yeah. understand. I agree with everything you said. And I also think that it's important to find providers that are well-rounded with polycystic ovarian syndrome, because I asked that question earlier, because from my experience, we're not really taught the, the whole sense of what PCOS is, because before I started really doing my research, I've only been taught about insulin resistant PCOS. But in my research, you find out that there are other forms of it and other reasons and causes that women may experience their symptoms. And so I think that when women are seeking out providers to help them with their symptoms, they shouldn't be afraid to ask, well, how experienced are you with treating women with PCOS? Because just because we practice in women's health doesn't necessarily mean that we're well-rounded and well-versed in every single condition. There might be specialists right. out there like your reproductive endocrinologist that kind of know a little bit more in depth, you know, about PCOS. There might be some gynecologists that might participate in research that have a very more in-depth understanding of it. So just asking the question, it, how well-versed are you or doing the research to find out providers who have a little bit more of a background, what PCOS does help. And also reaching out to professionals like yourself who have been doing the research, who have gotten the coaching certifications, who really know about it. And, right, exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I feel it's important, like I, it shouldn't be one or the other. I really do think like Western allopathic medicine and mm -hmm. preventative integrative therapies they really can go hand in hand because a woman with PCOS rarely just has PCOS going on mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. we usually we are 
we are more prone to getting autoimmune diseases. We often mm-hmm. suffer from endometriosis, a lot of things that really do need a medical oversight. And that is something I am very, I'm, I'm very cautious about because I see this, especially in the health and wellness community. It's like, you have to pick a side. It's like, you're yeah. either all holistic, all integrative and, you know, or, mm-hmm. me- ba- medicine is bad and, or the holistic integrative side is all woo woo and you need to Mm -hmm. just focus on and how I like to look at it is medic medicine is great at acute care it's it's great when you're at the edge of the cliff and you're about to fall off you need that guidance back what I do once you're out of that emergent state we try to keep you from getting back to the edge and help you see where the hurdles are, where Mm -hmm. um, danger spots are that kind of got you back in that position. But we can be working on all of this at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure you heard this in nursing school, like when do we work on on discharge, on admission? Just because you're put on a medication doesn't mean, we can start Mm -hmm. working on getting you off of it as soon as you get put on it, but it's helping you get Mm -hmm. away from from falling off of that cliff. Like Mm -hmm. we want to keep you away from, you know, the point of no return Mm -hmm. and a physician or even anybody who you're working with I think it's a sign of such strength and character when they say I'm not well versed in this but I'm willing Mm -hmm. to learn more I'm open to learning more I'm open to exploring um Mm -hmm. because somebody who just wants to keep you in their service or under their guidance, but they they don't really own up to their own limitations and their knowledge yeah. can end up doing more, more harm, harm. than mm-hmm. good. Yeah. More harm than good. And I appreciate it when I have a physician or like, okay, well, you know, that's not really my speed, but I do have a referral for somebody who mm-hmm. is more versed in this, or I'm open to you. Like I told my nurse practitioner that I see like an integrative therapist for my own and she's like okay and I asked her I'm like hey she would like these labs run and she was open to them especially mm-hmm. based off my history because PCOS affects so much so yeah it it can be detrimental if a physician doesn't know but there's no way everybody can know everything there's just so much mm-hmm. about the human it's body so it's, it's no It's so much. It's no slight to that Mm -hmm. practitioner, that physician, if they don't know, because they have to know so much Mm -hmm. already. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy, the body is so complex. And that's why I don't like these cookie cutter approaches to things like, oh, just do this diet and everyone will fare the same. That's absolutely Mm -hmm. not correct. (laughs) Yes, it's not. And one of the goals of this episode is for patients to get a better understanding of what PCOS is. And so I wanted you to discuss what PCOS is and then the different types. So polycystic ovarian syndrome is not the best name it focuses more on cystic ovaries which is kind of Mm -hmm. the least nefarious characteristic of PCOS it is Mm -hmm. a metabolic and hormonal disruption and there's been a lot of emerging research that PCOS is very largely genetic and it was deemed as a survival characteristic that helped women in prehistoric times 
survive during times of famine. We were able to retain fat. You know, we have this aesthetic of beauty that, you know, we should be thin, but having more weight on you is more of an advantage in evolutionary and through the evolutionary lens. We were able to not get pregnant because there weren't methods of birth control. So when our body sensed that our environment wasn't safe and we had a lot of stress hormones coursing through our bodies, we weren't ovulating. So we didn't have to worry about feeding a lot of children. We were able to produce more testosterone from the high insulin. We were stronger. We were faster. So all of that was very beneficial for us millennia ago. But now we Mm -hmm. fast forward to modern day times where we don't really have those same type of stressors. We have different stressors. We have too much food now. We're looking at our computer and and reading angry emails and we're getting Mm -hmm. the same course Mm -hmm. of stress hormones. So our bodies are doing exactly what they were designed to do, but now it has become more of a detriment. So with PCOS, we typically have trouble with our insulin key receptors and with our stress response from our adrenal hormones. Mm -hmm. And that usually causes a cascade with other things. So I don't really typically subscribe to the school that there are different cells or types of PCOS, but we do have different parts of our metabolism that drive our symptoms more than others at different points in our life. So when you hear um, like, insulin resistant PCOS, we may be more insulin resistant than we're having issue with our thyroid, but we can be experiencing all of these different types at the same time because they all affect each other, you know, because the body's not compartmentalized. If you're having a problem in one area, you're going to, you're probably having problems elsewhere. So Mm -hmm. thyroid, hypothyroid is very common with women with PCOS, but that is usually driven by like a mineral deficiency that is causing a lack of hormone production from like our adrenal glands because our thyroid and our adrenal glands work in tandem with each other. So if one is off, the other is off. But also if we're dealing with insulin resistance, then we're also dealing with stress on our adrenal glands because we have all this glucose in our blood. And now we're having this adrenal response trying to get our glucose down. So it just depends on that person's presentation at a certain point in time. And I always start with blood sugar management because that is like our body's top priority with everything it will rob peter to pay paul to keep our blood sugar in check which is a very tightly controlled range and Mm -hmm. if that is not in check that messes with our thyroid metabolism it messes with our adrenal health it messes in prolonged dysregulation leads to the high rates of insulin resistance so Mm -hmm. i don't want people to think like i am this type except like post birth control pill that's a completely Mm -hmm. separate thing yeah that's not usually a genetic component that's just synthetic hormones throwing off your Mm -hmm. natural bio available hormones and one and that and depending on how long you've been on birth control you can usually reverse that completely once those hormones are out of your system and you've restored your nutrient and mineral balance Mm -hmm. correctly so that's completely separate from like genetic pcos 
hope that wasn't confusing. <laughs> oh no, it was very changes. helpful. <laughs> it was very helpful. And so <laughs> as you mentioned before, there are health risks that are associated with PCOS. So we talked about diabetes, you talked about the thyroid. Are there any other health risks that are associated with long-term effects of polycystic ovarian syndrome? Oh yes, we are at a very high risk of cardiovascular disease. Just because, you know, just with metabolic syndrome, when blood glucose tends to go up, so do your triglycerides and your cholesterol. And cholesterol is not bad. It's like us blaming the firemen for the fire. Cholesterol is there to do a job. It patches and repairs damage in our body. That's where we get the plaques build up on our vessels and everything. But cholesterol didn't cause the damage high rates of inflammation from like, you know, refined sugar and vegetable oils and chronic stress has put all of this damage into our tissues in our body. So now our liver is pumping out all of this cholesterol, trying to repair it. So we're fighting inflammation and that puts us at a greater risk for cardiovascular disease. And of course we mentioned diabetes, but I think mental health is I'm glad the conversation about it is, mm-hmm. is, is growing, but it's, it's not separate from what's going on the, in the body. Mm-hmm. Our mood is directly attached. It's it's a symptom of mm-hmm. things that are off balance in the body. So um, we're so quick to kind of dig up like past emotional trauma and fix it with a pill. It's like saying that you have insomnia because you have an ambient deficiency. You don't have low mood because you have mm-hmm. a, you know, antidepressant deficiency, something, yeah. something's that something's out of whack. And, you know, so much of our neurotransmitters are produced in our gut. A lot of our serotonin is produced in our gut. So if you're having constipation and a lot of bowel issues and gas, you're probably dealing with a lot of fungus overgrowth, yeast overgrowth. You don't have a lot of biodiversity and you're lacking those neurotransmitters and it's affecting your mood. And it's crazy to me how I can tell just from one day of eating like the traditional American diet, I feel anxious. I feel paranoid. I notice that I'm a lot snappier at people and I have this apprehension about things it's like this sense of doom and dread Mm -hmm. just from one day of terrible eating and I don't mean I'm just going to eat a Snickers bar I mean like I went to the fair and kind of went ham over the next few days I can I can tell because my insulin receptors as a woman with PCOS don't work as well as somebody who who doesn't have it um Mm -hmm. it's like my my keyhole for insulin is a little wonky. So I'm very sensitive to those changes. And clients I work with, they're like, it's it's crazy how, uh, how in tune I am with how my body responds to things because we don't listen to how we're feeling, especially as yeah. women. We're in tune with how everybody else is feeling. This is feeling about, exactly. about us. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so we <laughs> so we often ignore it. We're not paying attention to like what our bowel movements look like. You know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of looking at your stool. And we're not paying attention to that that angst we're feeling all the time and that's tied not to just what's going on but how we've treated ourselves over the past few weeks or months or whenever and then we think it happened overnight but nothing in the body happens overnight Mm -hmm. um it usually takes years to show up 
and we can reverse it. But I think people get discouraged when things don't immediately start to happen because we live in the world of instant gratification and seeing these like two minute before and after videos on TikTok, like, oh, it's supposed to be that easy. No, yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. But yeah, mood, depression, anxiety, a lot of it, it's, it, it's so tied to what we fuel ourselves in the environment we create for ourselves. And we don't need to throw pills at it all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can make things worse before it makes things better. Yes, it, it definitely can. And I'm glad you said that because last week we were talking about making the mind-body connection. And I do feel like, you know, how we feel mentally does affect us physically it affects us emotionally it affects the decisions that we make when we're deciding what to eat what to wear so it affects every aspect and so no two women with PCOS will have the same exact symptoms we talked about some of the symptoms like fatigue and low mood, depressive mood or whatnot. And in my experience, PCOS can sometimes be hard to recognize because not all women will have the classic signs and symptoms like the hair growth and the acne, right. the weight gain. They may not have all of that. And not all women will have abnormal lab values either. And so it becomes hard for the, the diagnosis to be made. And that's how a lot of women get misdiagnosed of having other conditions when it when it's indeed symptoms of PCOS right. and so how do you suggest that women become advocates for themselves when they know something is off yeah absolutely mm -hmm. so we have the Rotterdam criteria for diagnosing PCOS in the medical community one is you have to have signs of elevated androgens the male sex hormones and they can either do that by blood testing or they can look at you physically. The second one is you're having irregular periods and they define that as less than like 10 menstrual cycles a year. And the third one is you have follicles. They're really follicles, not so much cysts, verified by ultrasound on your ovaries. <clears throat> and if you have two, of the, two out of those three, you can be diagnosed as having PCOS. But the thing about it is you know, hormones fluctuate depending on what stage of life you're in. They're very reluctant to diagnose younger women, like in your teens with PCOS, because most of us have just started Menarche in our teens and your periods are going to be ir irregular. Things are still leveling out. So I've had a lot of clients saying, you know, I've been feeling this way since I was, you know, 15, 16. Why didn't they diagnose me? Well, a lot of things are out of whack when you're young. And so they're kind of waiting to see if it stays out of whack before you get that diagnosis. So that's one reason why you may not be diagnosed. Also, it's very common for women in there who are having irregular periods because of being younger to have follicles on their period, cysts, that cyst-like appearance. And then there are many other conditions that can create that. So I don't think that's one of the best guidelines for Rotterdam, but if you are someone who has a family history of polycystic ovarian syndrome, it's very likely that you have it. So if you have sisters, mother, aunts, cousins, you're likely to have it. If you find yourself gaining a lot of weight in your midsection, that 
waist to that hip to waist ratio where you're carrying a lot of insulin resistant weight that hormonal weight is what we call it if you find yourself getting hangry signs of blood sugar dysregulation if you find yourself not being able to go more than two hours without eating if you're not having regular periods if you're having very heavy periods or very light periods those are all signs and then we have those physical signs that you may not know about you know we know about the hair growth and the hair loss but if you're developing a lot of skin tags that's a sign of insulin resistance if you're having that darkening of your neck which I go back and look at pictures of myself like from high school my neck was always really dark and I just thought it was you know me being out playing in the sun but it was just my neck and it's crazy to me how early it has started I was insulin resistant at a very young age if you're having darkening under your armpits in your groin area and it's not just like a tan it's like really really dark velvety patches of skin especially in on your neck and under your armpits if you are very prone to like yeast infections, these are all signs that you may have dysregulations with your blood sugar. If you are going into your doctor and you're seeing that your liver enzymes are higher or you're getting signs of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, that's, you know, that's a big sign of like insulin disruptions. And that's the that's thing with a syndrome they have there have to be many things that are recognized over time and put together into one big picture to say okay this is what we think you have there's no one pcos test because it's not a disease it's a collection of mm-hmm. symptoms yeah it's a collection of yeah. symptoms so i know and that can one be person very... may not yeah one person may not appear right. with all of those symptoms and and may not paint that perfect picture and that's they may not yeah Yeah. and that's why I think it's it's so important especially Mm -hmm. if you're somebody who may have seen multiple practitioners I am a big advocate of keeping your own records write Mm -hmm. down when you're experiencing something what was going on when you went to see a specialist what did they say what did they suggest what did they test and keep a copy of your own stuff because I know if I was on the outside as a lay person, I would think that all of these charting systems and doctors talk to each other, but you know how much falls through the cracks. <laughs> so how much, much doesn't get re- <laughs> how much doesn't yeah. get reported? And you know, and we're bad historians. I'm not I'm not gonna be able to sit here and accurately tell you in the exact timeline what my doctor when I first got seen for XYZ said and what they did. That's I don't I don't trust myself to be a historian but I trust this binder I put together or this right (laughs) google doc I put together and you will see like I have a notebook here I write down one line a day like how I'm feeling and if it's kind of off or I feel like I'm having a lot of days where I'm like all right something's something's off because I'm having too many days where I'm feeling anxious or angry or I'm feeling like I don't have any energy and then I go kind of review like well what what's been going on? Have I been exercising? Have I been eating right? More times than not, I've been neglecting myself because whatever's going on in my life, I'm like, okay, I need to pay a little bit more attention here. And if things start to creep up physically, do not ignore your body symptoms. If you think something's off, just trust that intuition. And, you know, if you are fortunate enough to be able to make an appointment with a with a provider, just go get something checked out. They're like, 
you know, hey, I've noticed that my body odor even changes because, you know, mm-hmm. chemically, when things are going on with us metabolically, you may notice things like that. Like you may have noticed that you're having like little rough bouts of eczema, or you may have noticed mm-hmm. that your hair started to feel thinner or more coarse, you know, that could that could indicate a thyroid issue. And I think women are better about that with themselves than men are in terms of not mm-hmm. of ignoring things that are physically, we're, we tend to be better about that, but we sometimes don't prioritize it. We may have noticed it, but we're like, I'll get to that later, but, but don't right. wait. Especially it's easier if to... we're busy. Yeah. Especially if we're busy doing other right. things for other people. I see that so much in practice where a woman will be experiencing something like you ask them, well, how long have you been experiencing this? And then they'll tell you, oh, it's been over a year or it's been a few months. And then I'm always led to ask, well, what brought you in now? You know, why so long? And then I'm always fed with, well, I was taking care of my parents who was sick or, you know, I'm busy taking care of the kids and I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And like you said, the health and the symptom it's not being prioritized. It's thrown to the back burner. And then oftentimes it when is. they come, and yeah, and they come and we we check things out and it's usually whatever it is, it's progressed or it's something that is going to take a lot in order to manage. Right, yeah. right. And I don't want people to be afraid. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. it's when you think something's wrong, you think going and get it, putting it, getting a name put to it is going to make it worse so he's just like I'd rather not know I'd rather live in the <laughs> ignorance but don't <laughs> don't do that <laughs> don't, don't do that please please don't do that because there's it's amazing how resilient the human body is it takes mm-hmm. such a beating it puts up with so much before it actually gets to the point of kind of tuckering out but yeah it's resilient and just giving it what it needs which we've been led to believe are these crazy unobtainable things like our grandparents and great-grandparents they they had it right you know they were growing their own food they Mm -hmm. were cooking at home we have kind of demonized things that are seem too simple and brushed away as like eastern or woo-woo science because it's not marketable people can't put a price tag on it but they knew it right. Like I had is they grew up relatively poor, but they didn't have all that junk in their food because they yes. were growing everything themselves. Mm-hmm. And I had an uncle Joe, he lived to be 102. Like all he took was an aspirin because he mm-hmm. was very clean and simple and how he lived and the body just responds well to what it's meant to have. And people say they can cure, like, you know, do this and you can cure PCOS. It's not something to cure. It's, it's never going to go away. It's just your body's genetic makeup and how it responds to its environment. And we just Mm -hmm. have to alter the environment. Yeah. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, as far as lab values, what are some labs that a woman can ask her provider to order for her if she feels strongly that her symptoms may be related to PCOS and she has a provider that is open to listening. I think it's very important annually to at least get your glucose markers checked. And that would include fasting, fasting glucose, 
hemoglobin A1C, fasting mm-hmm. insulin is important that often doesn't get requested because, you know, our glucose markers can look normal while we're dumping out all these all this insulin. It's like the insulin is keeping it normal when really the insulin is creeping up. I call it pre-pre-diabetes when uh-huh. our pancreas is working overtime trying to keep our blood sugars in check. And when it finally starts to become more insulin resistant, our cells, that's when we start to see our blood sugars creeping up. I mean, our A1C creeping mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. So getting those three blood markers, getting a cholesterol panel <clears throat> is always good. Right. The basic chemistries, you know, they order that as a CMP, but also getting just a TSH. That's usually what a, a physician will order. They, It's nice to get a complete thyroid panel, but mm-hmm. I, I have found that some practitioners are resistant to getting a complete thyroid panel just because they can't really justify it to like insurers. But if your T, mm-hmm. T, TSH comes back, elevated that will which a lot of times it does that'll give them more more reason to do yeah yeah. to check like your t4 and stuff like that but you don't Mm -hmm. have to do a lot I know a lot of people want to check out like you know testosterone and the estrogen in your hormones and everything but that is usually going to be affected by those first two like check your blood Mm -hmm. sugar components check your insulin. cholesterol yeah your insulin mm-hmm. and check your thyroid labs and if that's not in check then work on that first and everything else should start to resolve if those look pretty pristine then you can start doing deeper dives into like the hormones mm-hmm. because I've seen clients, they're freaked out because their labs look so crazy. And I'm like, well, it's not just everything crazy on its own. I said, these things are affecting these down here. So Mm -hmm. we need to work on this and these will start to balance out. And then remember, nobody's labs are ever going to be perfect. Especially there's a lot of nuance between different laboratories. There's regions of the country. It depends on what part of the country you're getting your labs done in what their ranges are and it depends on what lab mm-hmm. you're doing so calm down let's focus on how you're <laughs> feeling first off <laughs> if you're feeling better if you're if you feel like you're losing weight your hair is regrowing it's okay nobody's labs are ever going to be perfect but <clears throat> your testosterone is probably definitely going to be high if your insulin is high because insulin um, triggers our ovaries to overproduce insulin and your LH is probably going to be high because your testosterone is testosterone high is and high. your insulin is yeah. high. Yeah. So, and some insurers don't pay for that. So I really like to advise clients when they go to their, their to ask for things I know that their provider will be okay with ordering because it's within like the standard framework of practice. So glucose, cholesterol panel, and a uh, thyroid panel is usually something that most clients can get without any pushback. And if you get any pushback on anything, it may be the fasting insulin, which is a very cheap test. It's just, they may not be like, I don't understand why we need a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very cheap. It's just, it costs just as but much as from, like the. From my experience, I haven't had a big issue with ordering insulin, especially if you use uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome as a diagnosis code. So I haven't really had a big issue with that, with my patients. Okay, good. But 
But yeah, but sometimes insurances can get a little iffy on it because they think that this is something that your primary care doctor should be ordering and not so much your specialist. Oh, right, a specialist. That's where we a fall specialist. into the issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's, I, I tell you, I really try to help clients understand. I was like, there really are constraints that your doctor is working in. I said, because they're fighting against insurance. Um, your insur- mm-hmm. it's insurance most of the time and I said they just won't get reimbursed and it's a problem mm-hmm. so it's not that they don't mm-hmm. want to do it for you it's just they they their hands are tied a lot of times and yeah. luckily we have a lot of direct patient lab like patients can go order their own labs though you know, the problem mm-hmm. I have with that is people trying to like treat themselves like I don't even treat myself you know and mm-hmm. I'm more aware I just think that we can have a very limited scope and when we're trying to treat ourselves is we're not objective <laughs> when right we're, when we're trying to we're, we're just not we're yeah. not very we're not good judges of self mm-hmm. so yeah I think if you're, you feel like you're not getting what able to get something from your provider you can go have it done independently and then bring the results to your provider and ask them if they would look at it mm-hmm. <clears throat> you just have to pay out of pocket but I'm glad to see that they're not pushing back as much on insulin as they used to. Yeah. Used to be, yeah. Yeah, used to be a, a big pushback. Thyroid antibodies yes. are also one I'd like clients to ask their the TPO and the TPA antibodies just to show if there's any inflammatory immune issues involved because we are very susceptible to autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. And I like to just see that. But again, are often resistant to it, especially if they don't see anything going on with the T- TSH. And just because you have antibodies doesn't mean you have like Hashimoto's thyroiditis or anything. It's just saying like, okay, our immune system is being overstimulated. We may need yeah. to look at some things that could be causing inflammation. We just need to search because these tests aren't definitive. They just, they're tools to guide us in a direction. Mm-hmm. And um, I see that a lot with people who may DM me on social media. They're like, oh, how much is this test? How much is a GI map or how much is a Dutch test? And I'm like, well, you, you probably don't need that. Like, <laughs> you, Yeah. <laughs> those tests, yeah. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're like new toys and uh, continuous glucose monitors. I get asked about that. And I'm like, you probably don't need it unless you were just somebody who really needs to understand how different foods are affecting you. We can do everything we need to do without all these fancy tools but mm-hmm. we do need a basic place to start and a glucose panel mm-hmm. a cholesterol panel and a thyroid panel are a great place to start and usually working to address those will help things down the road yes and i've heard a lot about inositol and mm-hmm. its success with helping women with pcos because of its its effects on insulin yeah can you share what inositol is and what is your take on this supplement? Oh, yeah. So I think they, anositols are, they're like sugar alcohols um, mm-hmm. and they help insulin work a little bit better. It kind of makes, it kind of like oils the lock for the insulin key. It improves mm-hmm. the signaling between insulin and our cells. And then there's the most popular form is inositol, myo-inositol with a combination of dechiro-inositol in a mm-hmm. 40 to 1 ratio, which has been um, is helping women who are especially trying to ovulate. That ratio has helped improve ovulation, but it is, I find it very helpful. It's mm-hmm. one of my 
go-to for recommending for clients, but those inositols are not going to help very much if you don't alter how you're eating. I, yeah. You know, just like with diabetic clients, they're like, I'll just take extra insulin if I'm going <laughs> to eat this donut. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have had people say, oh, you know, I just double up on the myo-inositol. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, no, no it, doesn't it doesn't work, work. like that. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, but it is, it, it it has been very effective for people who have added that in combination with making their dietary changes. It is something that I do take long-term myself. Yeah. It's a sugar alcohol that just helps insulin signal better to our cells. Mm-hmm. And in combination with the dechiro inositol, it, if you're, you can't take myo inositol just on its own to help with insulin sensitivity but if you're Mm -hmm. someone who's trying to conceive and you haven't ovulated and we need to ovulate even though we're not trying to conceive that's another important part like our menstrual health Mm -hmm. is important outside of trying to conceive Mm -hmm. right (laughs) but if you're if you're somebody who doesn't ovulate the 40 to 1 dechiro ratio and avocetol is one that people are very familiar with fair haven is a good brand in Mm -hmm. a pill form it's not a powder form that you mix in your that has that ratio. So Avastol and Fairhaven have that 40 to 1 myo inositol dechiro ratio mm. for anyone who's looking for that brand. But yeah. Okay. Big fan and this, of inositols. Right. And you talked about diet and how women with PCOS should really focus in on, you know, what they're eating in order for things like inositol to work. Do you have any recommendations as far as food groups that women with PCOS should be looking into? So proteins, fibers, and fats are our best friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fat is very broad, but I mean, fats that come from like our avocados, our olives, our fatty cuts of mm. fish, our meaty, our dark meats and our poultry, like chicken thighs, because we in mm. red meat, red meat is good every now and then, because especially organ meats, they're so full of the vitamins and the cholesterol we need because we absolutely have to have cholesterol. We have to have mm. it because all of our hormones are made, you know, our our cell membranes are made out of cholesterol. And if we do not have cholesterol, our liver makes it. So don't be afraid of your healthy fats. Protein and fiber are our blood sugar speed bumps. That's what I call them. It helps Mm -hmm. us slow down how much glucose we're absorbing. So I always focus on my protein first in a meal. I'm like, okay, what protein am I going to have? And that could be from chicken, fish, steak. It could be if you're more plant-based and you like to do like tempeh or the tofu or edamame just focus on a quarter of your plate being some protein source and then half of your plate needs to come from green leafy vegetables and why that is we need the fiber to feed our good gut bacteria our good gut bacteria eats fiber and it produces like fatty acids that help us coat our stomach lining and help us produce our produce our neurotransmitters and it also the roughage helps us clear out excess denatured hormones because pooping is how we get out toxins. denatured hormones yeah and toxins yeah. pooping and peeing and if we do not evacuate our bowels often we often reabsorb those hormones back into our system mm-hmm. and so fiber is very important at least 30 milligrams of fiber a day 
Um, so getting those leafy greens in any way. And if you're not able to sit and eat leafy greens, you know, you can blend them up. You can add them to soups. You can dehydrate them and turn them mm-hmm. into powders and add them to, mm-hmm. on the tops of salads, anything like that. And our carbohydrates are not to be ignored. You know, not a big fan of keto. I did keto for a while back when I was trying to lose weight and terrible for peace. <laughs> I just think it's not, it, it, mm-hmm. it fosters under eating after you, because you completely lose your appetite and it, it's usually way too much animal protein. And we need carbohydrates because they provide those micronutrients. We need to kickstart metabolic productions in our body. We need the potassium. Mm-hmm. We need the magnesium. Um, potassium and magnesium are essential for blood sugar and insulin sensitivity. We have to have it. And you hear a lot of things about vitamin D. And you may see that we throw all this vitamin D at people and their numbers rarely change is oftentimes because we're magnesium deficient we have to have magnesium to convert vitamin d sulfate in our liver and in our kidneys to calcitriol so oftentimes with blood sugar dysregulation we deplete magnesium because it takes a lot of energy to metabolize blood glucose so Mm -hmm. we end up depleting our nutrient stores so we rob our tissues and our bones in order to get those minerals we need just to handle our blood sugar so getting your blood sugar in check by slowing down how our glucose spikes occur by prioritizing protein first in a meal along with salad with not salads but fiber and then adding like i can't call it like the last quarter of your plate save that for your potatoes which are which are not a bad food. We're not demonizing potatoes. People think they can't have any carbs ever. They're full of potassium. But the problem is we usually go to those first when we're hungry and we overeat them and we don't get enough protein. Yeah, we don't. We're not, then we're not hungry for, you know, the tissue building protein and the gut loving fiber. And so we under eat those. And then we're kind of left with all this simple sugar that's being released into our bloodstream. And we're hungry an hour later. And then we go back mm-hmm. for more of the starches. So just changing the order in which we eat can you can see a big improvement in how long you stay full, how even your temper and mood is throughout the day. And it doesn't mean that you can't ever go get a mixed bowl at Chipotle that has everything mixed together. That's Mm -hmm. perfectly fine. But if you do have your components separate, just be conscious of what you eat first. Because when you're hungry, you're going to probably eat most of what you start eating first. And Mm -hmm. our biological nature, we are are biologically wired to to eat things that have the quickest absorption rate. And carbs, Mm -hmm. we absorb those quicker. We break those down quickest. So we're going to overeat them. And that wasn't a problem millennia ago because there just wasn't that much food around, but everything is available to us now. We can go get food whenever we want it. And it's not your fault if you feel like you can't get a hold of your sugar cravings. We are made to be, we are meant to be addicted to this food now. Like Mm -hmm. the food industry is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry because they pay scientists and lobbyists millions of dollars to figure out how to keep us addicted to the food it's super mm-hmm. palatable even our fruit has been engineered to taste sweeter like cotton candy grapes they have yeah. way more fructose in them than than they did when our parents grew up and we're made to 
crave it and our brains light up when we eat it. So when we start to eliminate these things that are high in fructose and high in simple sugars, health food just doesn't taste great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, protein can kind of help. It doesn't. You're just like, this is bland. <laughs> this I feel is boring. Like <laughs> Why are you? <laughs> I don't like this. But your brain can be rewired to when you eat walnuts, they taste sweet to you. I know it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. This is coming mm-hmm. from the woman who used to binge eat Krispy Kreme donuts after her shift at work in the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I can get off of it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. But what I had to do was start off by feeding myself something that was going to keep me full for a much longer time. Mm-hmm. And I never told myself I can't have the junk food. I'm just saying, I'm going to eat this first. I'm going to eat this chicken breast with my sauteed spinach and hot sauce and seasonings are your best friend. Please do mm-hmm. not eat bland food. <laughs> and then I said, then Make I'm it going interesting. to have, yeah. yeah, like people think it has to be bland and boring. It really does not. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have like whatever the Sour Patch Kids. And oftentimes I found that I really didn't want it more times Once than not eight. after mm-hmm. yeah because instead of yep. working from restriction I work from abundance I'm like you know what I'm gonna have this Reese's cup and I'm gonna have this awesome meal but I'm gonna eat this awesome meal first and oftentimes not I either ate very little of what I truly wanted in that moment or I decided okay I'm good without this right and coming from adding things instead of restricting yourself just makes it easier there are going to be points where you're just like you know what I had a crappy day this is what I want and I'm going to have it Mm -hmm. that's fine but realize that it we are what we do most of the time Mm -hmm. so if you're staying true to yourself most of the time then you're, you're on the right track it doesn't mean you have to be perfect because this notion of perfection is what gets us in trouble and then we have all this negative self talk Mm -hmm. when we mess up and then we're just like, I'll never be able to do this. So we never do it. But right. And when we, mess we can up, overcome we a lot of sometimes things. don't get back on the bandwagon either. But I always say, if you mess up, just get up, dust yourself off and get back on the bandwagon. Right. Yeah, that's part, <laughs> but, that's part yeah. of life. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. linear at all. It's, it's not linear not at all. And, right. Mm-hmm. And I sent out an email to my newsletter talking about something I just don't do anymore Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. I do not talk negatively to myself anymore Mm -hmm. everything is neutral I look at it as information and I'm like okay I do notice that my clothes are starting to fit a little bit tighter that's just information is that okay or is there something I need to address because some there's gonna be points in life where we put on weight like everything is a season but if I'm noticing that I'm having to go buy a whole new wardrobe then maybe there's something that needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. and I will address it but I'm not going to say I'm a failure I can't do anything because what's the point Mm -hmm. of that then you'll you'll just sit in in action Mm -hmm. there's just there's just no purpose to it right look at everything neutrally and just as information to tell you what direction you may need to go in or what adjustments you need to make and Mm -hmm. I don't want my daughter to ever hear me talking negatively about myself because we pick up on you know our our parents and how we're supposed to look at ourselves based off of how people we look up to look at themselves and that's just not that's just not energy I want her to have in her head yeah yeah and with all that inspiration 
because that totally inspired me. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a quote or book that has inspired your life's journey or your career? So so there is a quote that I actually have on my desktop and I can't even tell you who it's by, but it's little by little, a little becomes a lot. Mm Because we feel like these big pushes in life are the things that define us, but it's the little things that we do every day that really move the needle and you may feel like nothing is changing but it just takes that one grain of sand to tip the scale so don't ever discount the little boring things day to day those are the things that are going to cause the biggest changes Mm -hmm. in your life in your life yeah Yeah. books I read so many books (laughs) (laughs) I just I just got finished with Viola Davis's book and oh, it's so inspiring. It was oh my gosh. so good. It's- and she said, <laughs> I know she says so many things in there, but there was like one quote in there and it's more of a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. She said, choices are for the privileged. And I was like, that's so right. Yeah. She was just mm-hmm. saying that. So being able to make a choice for yourself, just look at that it's as a such privilege. a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It is. And I was like, people who have no choice. And that's one reason why I structured my business the way I do, because mm-hmm. I just think we have set up a system that gives health to those who are privileged. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. and it should be accessible for everybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's something that stuck out to me lately in a book is choices is for the privileged. So whenever you have a choice to make make a choice that shows respect for yourself in the direction you're trying to go in and just realize that that is such a, it's such a blessing to be able to choose. And it's something that we take for granted sometimes, I believe. If you have an option to eat an apple versus an orange, nobody really thinks, okay, this is a blessing. This is something I should be grateful for. But you could have an option not to eat anything. It's Same. like, right, when we have different choices in life, we just have to embrace it and see it as a blessing. Yeah. That is powerful. Yeah. It is. And marvel at everything. I know my mm-hmm. daughter, she thinks I'm such a I'm such a nerd. Because I'll start the car and I'm like, Charlotte, our car started. Isn't that amazing? Like <laughs> This machine was off. We pressed the button. <laughs> it's on. And like, just do that with your body because, you know, you and I see how sick people can be and things mm-hmm. that we take for granted, like just being able to walk across the room without being short mm-hmm. of breath yeah. is it, they would, they would pay any amount of money mm-hmm. to do that. So yeah. when you complete a walk, just be like, you know, thank you legs for Mm-hmm. allowing me to do that I mean because yeah. some people just they don't have it and when you start to marvel at the at the mundane that's what I call it you will really mm-hmm. see how many things are going right for you and it doesn't mean that you don't want to improve it's just like hey what else can I do and you, you just kind of yeah. want to see how much further you can push yourself so mm-hmm. don't measure your success by somebody else's metric because we do that so much just be like hey it's this good. is what yeah, this is what I'm able to do today that I wasn't able to do last mm-hmm. week or a year ago. And that's success. That is success. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. because I may not have made an improvement 
yesterday or I had an off day doesn't mean you're a failure. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's yeah, and because when we look at it in terms of wrong, you know, wrong or mm-hmm. right or fail or success, then we quickly give up when it's it's just yeah. it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Because we look so much into the accomplishment. I mean, all of us want to be accomplished, but it's really not accomplishment. It's the journey and what it took in order to get there. We have to focus more so on the journey and steps that it takes to get to the the end result that we want. Absolutely. We focus too much on the end result. Yeah, we do. And I have to think about like, there's some days you're like, oh, I got to get up. But I remember it wasn't that long ago where I physically could not get up. I was like, I cannot. I feel like I have to call out of work because I am in such a low point. I don't think I'm going to be able to drag myself out of this bed. And then I'm like, get your butt up. Like, this is a good day. Mm, yep. <laughs> we are not, we are not, we are not there. We have come, a lot, started at the bottom. Now we're here. We good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, appreciate those little things come from a place of abundance, not restriction. And then mm-hmm. just make decisions that show your body and your, and your life respect. Just be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, just just love yourself. Yeah, yeah. we're pretty, we're pretty freaking awesome, and we can do pretty amazing things when we allow ourselves to, little by little. Yes. Well, lastly, I want to give you an opportunity to share how listeners can learn more about your services and find more information. Absolutely. So I used to exclusively do one-on-one coaching but I have something new that's getting ready to launch in the next eight to ten weeks it is a Mm -hmm. membership because one of my core values is access and one-on-one work is very it's very pricey it's expensive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but a membership is going to allow a lot more access and me to do a lot more FaceTime with clients so my program is called PCOS Empowered so you can go to PCOSempowered.com and there's a wait list there and there's going to be a page soon outlining everything that's going to be included from our group support sessions to lessons and resources. It's going to be a resource library. It's going to be a way for people to get testing and a lot of simple step-by-step action steps that avoid overwhelm. I'm mm-hmm. on Instagram at primal.pcos. Mm-hmm. And I'm on TikTok at Primal PCOS. It's all one word there. And my website with my bio is AmandaRayWellness.com. And Ray is R-A-E. So AmandaRayWellness.com. Okay, but yeah, awesome. those are the places. And yes, and all this information will be in the show notes. So you can head straight to the show notes once you're done listening to this episode. And I just want to thank you again, Amanda, for agreeing to be on the eavesdrop. And we finally got this discussion in. And it was an awesome discussion. Yes, (laughs) I definitely enjoyed our conversation. (laughs) Yes, and I am so sure (laughs) that's something we have covered here will help someone in a a huge way because as I mentioned before so many women are dealing with these symptoms and just really don't know where to go you know as far as what direction they should take in order to achieve optimum health and I think that this will help some women get started in a way so I thank you again for being here and willing to share the platform 
Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening to the Eavesdrop Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I pray that you learned something new. Be sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider rating the show. Rating the show will make it more visible to women who may need to hear this information. Also, share the podcast with your friends and family. Keep in touch with the podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You may reach out to me at drshalanabattle at gmail.com for any questions, concerns, or if you want to suggest a show topic. Well, until the next episode, be well, be whole, and be blessed. Bye.